0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Holly Shook Podcast. It's me, Ryan, and I'm here with, as always, Armin. Hi, Armin.
1: Hey, Ryan. How you doing?
0: Pretty good. I'm doing so well. I'm really excited to do a historical um, scandal breakdown today. It's been a while for me.
1: It's been a while. How hard was it to get back into the research part of things?
0: Not hard at all. Um because I chose a story that I love and that has um, some current cultural relevance and that I actually tried to do over the summer, but I wasn't in the brain space to dive deep into it. I don't know, sometimes, you know, the historic ones are easier than others, you know? There's more content to be consumed and some you have to dig a little deeper. This one is a little bit... I had to dig a little deeper. And I think when I tried to do it this summer, I was in a lazy state of mind. I didn't want to do it. So I was ready to tackle this one again.
1: I also think the historic scandals have a vibe. Mm -hmm. I mean, each scandal has a vibe. But when we cover the current events in Celebrity Scandal, we just have to do it, right? Like the Mm -hmm. latest in Celebrity, what's going on, we cover it. But when we're picking our... Historic celebrity scandals. I don't know how you do it, rye but I have a huge list.
0: Oh, I have a list on my phone, yeah.
1: And a part of picking it is, like you said, relevance because maybe there's an anniversary, right? Like that's what I did with the Luann episode a few weeks ago. But I think sometimes it's about vibe. Like what kind of vibe does this scandal bring to the table?
0: Yeah, and I'm like a very much um just in life in general like follow my gut instinct I always have and it's always led me in the right direction and so when I look at my list I I've found that I'll read through it and one will jump out to me whether I wrote it down this week or I wrote it down 2 years ago when we started doing the podcast I just feel like I I look at it and I know that that's the one I'm supposed to do And this one was a no-brainer for me.
1: Are there, like, two or three that you always gravitate to, but you just say to yourself, I have to wait on it. It's too big. Or I have to wait on it. I have to make sure I I do it right.
0: Kind of. There's, like, definitely two on my list. And your list is, like, next level. You have, like, 400,000. I have, like, 20. but
1: Okay, it's not that far off. I think I have, like, 70. Okay. It's not that crazy.
0: You definitely have more than me, though. But I feel like... I don't know, there's a few on my list that I really do want to do one day that I think either of us could do. But, yeah, it's, like, a big one where not only do you want to make sure you do it right because it's so iconic, but also it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot Mm -hmm. of, like, research. And as we know, I've never done research a day in my life. So having to prepare for a big one like that is going to take a lot out of me. And... (laughs) I just know, like, this week, it wasn't It wasn't like I had to, like, read 17 hours worth of stuff, but I definitely had to, like, do some searching to make sure I was getting the story straight. And the but dates, was, right? The dates are, I think, right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of chaotic. You'll see. <laughs> but I was in a productive mood this week where I was like, I'm excited to sit down and just, like, read, read, read. But, you know, I, I think everyone has those weeks where you're just not in the mood to do anything productive and... That's where I save my easy scandals for, the ones that I already know, like the back of my hand. I don't have to do that much research.
1: AKA most weeks.
0: AKA most weeks. This is the <laughs> first week I put effort in. AKA 51
1: uh, of the 52 weeks of the year.
0: Yeah, but honestly. But I'm excited for this one. I guess we could start um, start the guessing game, honestly.
1: Let's do it, Ry. Do you want intro to intro the guessing game? We
0: haven't done that in a while. Yeah, so this is the guessing game. Um, which is a pre-recorded track that we use every time.. Yep. And basically, it's kind of it's only a game for Armin and I because <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, then the title is already what the scandal is, <laughs> which we've gotten some complaints about, but it's just it's just how the cookie crumbles with this podcast where we have to put the name of the scandal in title, otherwise it's just not going to work. But for Armin, how we structure it is I do a scandal and Armin doesn't know what scandal I'm going to do. And then when Armin does a scandal, I don't know. So I just give hints and then we see if we can guess. I'm terrible at guessing. I almost never guess. That's right? such a
1: lie. You're actually good at it. I know you like to be self-deprecating, right? But you're pretty good at it. The last scandal you got in an instant.
0: Yeah, but that one was pretty on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Who got
1: arrested in Palm Beach three years ago?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, probably a lot of people, but famously only one. <laughs> um yeah so i'm gonna give some hints let's do it um i didn't even write down hints for this actually i'm just gonna talk about it and see if you guys
1: do i have a shot at getting this
0: oh absolutely yeah okay. Yeah. for sure okay so this is a scandal i'm kind of going back to my original scandal of Grey's anatomy it involves the cast of a television show
1: when did the television show air
0: um, the television show aired late 90s into the early 2000s. What, did you is...
1: want me to get it, right off of this is a scandal involving a television show?
0: No, no, no. I only laughed at the dates because I was like, fuck, did I write the dates down? And I did. <laughs> um, it's the second line of my notes. Okay. <laughs> um, you should it's... know that anyway, though. No. <laughs> okay,
1: so it aired late 90s, early 2000s. Okay.
0: It's absolutely iconic television, and I am gonna even... Dare to say that it's one of the most famous television shows of all time. Friends. No. Cultural relevancy, like, literally this week.
1: There was a news story today involving no. an actress. No, okay. Will and, <laughs> Will and Grace.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I saw that, though.
1: Yeah, you saw that. We're, for the listeners, we're recording this on Tuesday, January 12th, and there was a story today on Deborah Messing wanting to play Lucille Ball. Okay, late 90s, early 2000s, relevance for this week, Sex and the City.
0: Ding, ding, ding!
1: Okay, I think I know the scandal here.
0: I mean, yeah, there's only one that I know of. There may be
1: more, but I'm going the feud between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker. Absolutely! I love this, Rye. Do you know, Rye... Well, okay, you do know this, but do you remember, Rai, that Holly Shook gets into the mix of this scandal?
0: Okay, so I literally, and I'm so mad at myself, I put my top line of my notes is, make sure you mention that Holly Shook is included in this drama. But of course, I skipped that line so I could go to line number two to see when the fucking dates of the show were. So that's actually your fault that I forgot to bring it up. But yeah, we're involved, and I'll get to that, yeah,
1: save that for the end because <laughs> that's one of the most <laughs> recent updates to this feud.
0: Mm-hmm, it is. This feud is long lasting, and I I think I struggled with doing it earlier this year because I didn't know how to structure it. like it's one of those scandals that there's not like a big fight or like, a big moment. It's more just like rumor mill, rumor mill, rumor mill. He said, she said. Well, she says she said. Um, and it's all just like kind of... It all accumulates from little tidbits of different interviews over the years. Slash different rumors. So I was like, I don't really know like how to structure this. And then I found an interview. Um, a mm-hmm. video interview. That kind of gives us like a solid um to me it was kind of finally the solidified this is how I feel about it and this is my final word basically and so I'm gonna focus mostly on that interview but obviously I have to do some setup and yeah then even after that interview takes place holly shook gets caught up in the swing of celebrity scandal once again this is not our first time being involved in a celebrity scandal and dare i say it will not be our last
1: but this is the highest profile celebrity scandal that we've been involved
0: with oh absolutely and i actually remember i had i just watched sex in the city this year for the first time um I think right before COVID. Yeah. Like I was watching it like over the winter. And so when this, when our involvement, um, (laughs) it was happening, I had, I didn't care because I didn't watch sex in the city yet. So, but I had a friend who listens. I'm pretty sure it was Bianca. Shout out Bianca. I'm pretty sure she like texted me or something being like, Oh my God, Cynthia Nixon. (laughs) And I was like, I don't care. I don't know. Who, I like, don't. No, know it was it. Kim Cattrall. Oh, it was Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Wait, maybe we. Maybe I'm not. Maybe oh. I have the wrong. Are we?
1: In, it, are we involved on multiple no, levels? We are
0: because, but maybe, maybe I, I'm misremembering our involvement.
1: Or Cynthia Nixon got involved at some point. I specifically remember the Kim Cattrall one, so I'll. I'll bring it up when we get yeah, to that you point.
0: Yeah, t- you can mention it, because I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but I don't remember the details, because once again, I had not watched the show at the time of this moment, so I didn't care as much. Okay, so basically, everyone knows Sex and the City, I've heard about it for years, everyone's heard about it for years, everyone always was like, you need to watch it, and I was like, no, but I famously watched TV shows about two to three decades after they are popular, so I figured, 2020, right time to watch. Um, so I binged it this year. I was fully obsessed. I literally like could not get enough. And so this is a sign if you've been thinking about watching sex in the city and just never gotten to it, absolutely worth your time. And I almost require you to start it tonight. Have you, you've watched it, Armin.
1: I was one of those people telling you to watch sex in the city. Yeah. I love it. I've seen it multiple times. I think The last time I watched it was when you were watching it in 2019. Okay, yeah. Because you inspired me to watch it over again. It it was one of those things where I just had it on in the background while I did other things. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, I was just telling Camille yesterday that I wanted to do it again because of the Sex and the City news. I was
0: Mm -hmm. inspired
1: to go back and watch it again because it is a nice, light watch very entertaining. You could have it on in the background if you've already seen it before.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that I finally watched it and I really paid attention. I like was so invested. I watched every episode. Like, f- I feel like first time around, it's not like a be on your phone watching the background type show. You, Absolutely,
1: you yes, yes. Yeah. First time around, you got to pay attention. You want to watch. But I mean, it's a great show to then follow up on yeah. and binge watch over and over again if you'd like.
0: Yeah, I've definitely been putting it on in the background, or, like, a, it's a good, like, fall asleep show type yes. thing, um, if you've already seen it. But if you've never seen it, definitely watch it from the start to the finish. Don't worry, she stops talking to the camera after season one. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <And> thank God. <laughs> um, so, I, I feel like I don't need to really set up the show that much. I did look up a few facts that I thought were kind of crazy. Um, overall, it has six seasons. There's 94 episodes altogether, so they almost hit the 100 mark, which is... You know that's a goal for most TV shows. You want to hit 100 episodes.
1: They could Almost have, drops. by the way. They could have easily gone for another six.
0: Oh, for sure. But why didn't they? Who knows? We'll get into it. Um. Anyway, it's very obviously critically acclaimed. It's very like, um, audience acclaimed. I guess people love it. Um. It overall, it was nominated for 54 Emmys. It won seven. It was nominated for 24 Golden Globes. It won eight. And it was nominated for 11 Screen Actor Guild Awards, of which it won three. Entertainment Weekly named it, or put it as number five on their newest TV classics list. And it was listed in the top television series of all time by Time Magazine in 2007. And TV Guide put it in its top television shows of all time list on um, in 2013. So, it's just a very critically acclaimed, beloved show. Obviously, it's iconic. It had two movies. We don't talk about the second movie. This is the only time I'll mention the second movie. Um, the first movie's amazing. And it's getting a reboot on HBO Max um, this year, where they're filming it this year.
1: Can I tell you something, Ray? Mm-hmm. Never seen the movies.
0: And here's the thing. I actually... <sighs> Okay, so I think you need to watch the first movie. This is my opinion as someone who is the end-all-tell-all on this series. You need to watch the first movie. The, f- the first movie I honestly genuinely enjoy. I've, I think I've seen it actually three times since finishing the series, which is kind of, like, insane. Because I don't really watch movies over and over again. Um, but I love the first movie. It's just... I don't know. I think it's actually good. The second movie, so terrible. Can't unsee it. Um, I couldn't even finish it in one night. I had to turn it off. I rented it. I spent $3 on it. It Fuck my life. And I couldn't even finish it. I had to turn it off, go to bed, and finish it the next night. And I only finished it just because I was like, I spent $3 on this. I should finish it. It's so terrible. There's a karaoke scene that lasts like five minutes. (sighs) Uh, It's like kind of racist. They go to, I think they go to like Abu Dhabi or something. Um and
1: I think I've seen like screen caps of it.
0: Yeah, and there's just like a scene where they're like how do or how do you tip or sh- do we tip while we're here and then Sarah Jessica Parker's like I don't know, do you have any rupees? And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like kind of racist." They ride so, a camel, right? Yeah, they ride a camel. I've seen
1: the screen caps of that, yeah.
0: There's just nothing interesting about it. It's like bad plot. It's just bad. It's so bad.
1: I've seen the sequel series though. The prequel? No, the the sequel. The Real Housewives what? of New York.
0: What is it? Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you can't say it with that much confidence. You're the only one that calls it that.
1: <laughs> I am not. Come on. Even um, Candace Bushnell has said that the Real Housewives of New York are an inspiration for a potential Sex in the City sequel. I saw some uh, Hollywood Reporter article about it that she was writing a, a sequel to sex in the city about four or five, whatever women in their fifties in Manhattan. Who is that? That is the real housewives of New York. And she is famously friends with the cast.
0: I know. And obviously Candace Bushnell is the one that Dorinda is talking to when she says, how am I doing? Not, Not well, well bitch.
1: <laughs> so and I Come can't... on. Luann is Sam Joe. Bethany, you could say, is a Carrie, right?
0: Yeah, you could argue. The most
1: probably driven.
0: I would would say Carol is more of a Carrie because they're both writers. (laughs) (laughs) Ah,
1: But the personality isn't quite there because Bethany is an alpha and Carrie is an alpha. I don't think Carol is quite an alpha, but...
0: No, I agree. Okay, we need to not, we cannot go a single podcast without talking about Real Housewives in New York. We need to stop. Cause this is how I get sidetracked, and then the podcast is seven hours. Um, <laughs> we need to have like a side podcast, like comparing the two shows, cause I'd be down for that.
1: They are comparable. That's why I'm calling Rony the sequel.
0: Okay, fine. I take it. I'll take it. Um, before we start, I do have to ask are you a Carrie, a Samantha, a Charlotte, or a Miranda?
1: I'm Sam Joe. Okay. I love Sam Joe.
0: <laughs> but are you Sam Joe or do you like Sam Joe?
1: Uh, who am I? I don't know. I think it's hard to self-assess sometimes.
0: Okay, Charlotte. Um, <laughs> I am a Carrie Miranda mix. Eileen, definitely heavily on the Carrie side, but I want to be Miranda. <laughs>
1: I definitely see Carrie for you. You're also a writer. Yes. You're an alpha. You're outgoing, charismatic.
0: But I would say I'm more level-headed like Miranda, except for her in the first movie. But um, I'm not as... I I, want to think I'm not as stupid as Carrie because I think Carrie is stupid. But Why?
1: Because of all her troubled relationships?
0: She just, like, is stupid. I'm like, get over it, girl. You're not special. So I like to think that I'm not that, but I probably am. Uh, And you're Charlotte. Anyway, so...
1: I'm not Charlotte. Charlotte's too prude. Charlotte's too. Charlotte's too. I would think
0: you're a Charlotte Samantha mix, which is chaotic.
1: <laughs> right. I could see more a Charlotte Samantha mix, but see, I I'll think give you a... I think Charlotte's a little bit too traditional and conservative. That's not me,
0: for sure. But you are a little bit on the like. You have the type A tendencies that Charlotte has, but mm-hmm. you're not as. But then you have the fun, energetic crazy side of samantha too so that's why i'm saying you're a little bit of both i'll
1: take a char sam joe mix i like that and i
0: love charlotte by the end i love charlotte in the beginning eh. by the end love char so
1: yeah the trey storyline is
0: trey terrible but when she's with harry i'm like Mm -hmm. yes girl live your truth
1: yeah her and harry great couple
0: great in the first movie um i haven't seen the movie i know you need to watch the movie just watch the first one we won't talk about the second one and just watch the first one
1: Okay, maybe I'll watch the movie and then rewatch the series.
0: Yeah, the movie's good. I'm like not just saying that; it's actually really good. Camille keeps telling me I have to watch the movie, the first. It's so good. Okay, so enough about us. Um, I'm gonna get into the drama. So, per- like I said, I'm just basically gonna give quotes and little um, tidbits that came out over the years, and it's gonna kind of lead up to Kim Cattrall's like basically like this is it, I'm not talking about it anymore, and this is what happened. So basically, there was always rumblings that the cast didn't get along while filming, specifically Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. There was never anything, like, public. It wasn't like they got in huge fights on set. It wasn't like it was a toxic work relationship. It was more so the rumors were that Kim Cattrall was not bonded with the other three girls And it was because the other three girls, like, didn't accept her, was basically the narrative without any real evidence. And, for instance, later, 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 way after the show ends, stuff came out. um, Like, for instance, they went to Atlantic City to film something. And there was a rumor that Sarah Jessica Parker found them all, like, a Airbnb or equivalent, like a place to stay, but that Kim Cattrall got her own place separate from the other three ladies. And so they were like, they're not involving Kim. And then it was later confirmed that Kim originally got her own place because her husband was supposed to come out and visit her on set. So she wanted to have her own space to be with her husband. But that last minute, her her husband didn't end up coming. So it got construed to look like she was ostracized from the group. Who knows if that's true or not.
1: What do you believe?
0: I believe that um, that story was told by an HBO rep, the one who said about the husband.
1: It doesn't pass the smell test to me. I'm calling bullshit.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's true or not. That seems seems like PR
1: smoothing over to me.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It seems a little too convenient. Like, well, her husband was supposed to come, but then didn't. It's like, okay, well, then she could have probably just moved in with the other girls if she really wanted to. But at the same time, I don't fucking blame her. Like, I want to, like, when you're working all day with people, sometimes you want to get away from them at the end of the night. So there's different levels to it of, like, do you have to spend all your time together, you know?
1: But at the same time, camaraderie would be helpful if you're filming a show, especially one like this, which is based on camaraderie. Yeah. Four best friends in Manhattan.
0: Yeah, I get it. I I see both sides. There's a lot of, throughout all of these interviews, a lot of mention of age gap. And Kim Control always is like, all the girls are at least 10 years younger than I am. So when it comes to their experience on set, their desires with what projects they're taking, their commitment to, you know, certain parts. I have over 10 years on them career-wise, life-wise. So, you know, 10 years is a huge difference in terms of what you're prioritizing personally as well as professionally. So there's factors that go into it. Um, But you
1: know what's interesting about that, Rai? I feel like that doesn't excuse... A professional rift because you can be at a different place in your life and a different place in terms of your career, but you could still get along. You could still be professional on set. I yeah. feel like it doesn't really justify a feud.
0: I agree. And it's not really the excuse for if there was a feud or not. It's more so comes into play later when it's widened. Like the drama leads up to essentially Kim Cattrall didn't want to do another movie and then, right. obviously, with the reboot, reboot didn't want to do the part anymore. Um, and it comes more into play with that, less so like we're fighting on set because I'm older. Like it's more about what they're doing with the show, right? So uh, throughout filming, it wasn't really ever discussed publicly. Like it was just rumors, and then, but ne- I couldn't find any interview of during the filming up to 2004, where they talked about it publicly. It was just kind of rumblings. The first public discussion I could find of it. So the show finished airing February of 2004. And then the first public interview I could find was December, 2004. So eight, 12 months, I don't know how many months later after it's over.
1: Can I say it's fascinating how quickly the feud came to the surface after the series finale?
0: Yeah, it's kind of, you got to respect it in that way of like, at least they kept it under wraps during filming. But once they were done,
1: right. they're like, okay, we're and coming out with they it.
0: Talk, they talk about it too. in in later quotes of like, you know, they're upset that the attention kind of shifted from the show to the feud, quote unquote feud, because it is a show, like you said, about a group of four women who are empowering towards each other and support each other and stick with each other through it all. And, well, I think uh, Kim Cattrall says at some point, like, I I feel bad that this kind of scars the ideal fantasy of this show with, you know, what went on behind the scenes. And even so, like, I didn't really know there was a feud because, once again, I never had watched the show. So I kind of found out about this feud, like, halfway through watching it Mm. when I, like, Googled. And I had heard rumblings, but I didn't really know details. I was like, oh, maybe they just you know, weren't best of friends. But then once I kind of looked into it, like I was probably on the fifth or sixth season at this point, then watching it, every scene with just Sarah, Jessica Parker and Kim Patrol, I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like they're (laughs) acting like best friends, but they might hate each other like behind the scenes. And they're like such good actresses for acting like they're not. And so it kind of does like permeate your brain while you're watching it. And it's like hard to shake a little bit.
1: It becomes hard to separate the art from in real life gossip from -hmm. the tabloids. It's interesting, though, because what would you say is the hit rate for best friends on screen becoming best friends off screen? I would think it's very low, actually. I feel like most of these people are professionals. They go on set. They do their job. And they go home. There are very well-known cases of the opposite being true. Friends, for example. I know you've never seen Friends.
0: I've seen the first four seasons.
1: Wait, what? I thought you've never seen it.
0: I watched the first four seasons and then I got bored.
1: <laughs> okay, for some reason I thought you'd never seen Friends.
0: Oh, no. And I used to watch it in hotel rooms growing up because it was like the only thing that plays in hotel
1: rooms. Right. Supposedly, Lisa Kudrow, Courtney Cox, and Jennifer Anderson are legitimate best friends. Yeah, and they would have lunch together. They would hang out when they weren't filming. Even in the off season, they would hang out.
0: I don't feel like that's the norm. No, and I, and the thing is, and there's conversation about it in this. Of it doesn't have to be the norm, and you don't right. have to be friends. Like, think about it as any job. You can be totally civil and professional at your job. You can even. Laugh around, joke. Yeah. Maybe grab lunch together on your lunch break every so often. You don't have to be best friends. You can be acquaintances, coworkers, colleagues. You know, whatever. You could be best friends. Like I've become really close with a lot of my coworkers. Some of my best friends are people I have worked with before, but not everyone. And I grew up also doing theater, and I still do performances and shows. You become you can become super close with people when you're in a production together and in your head you're like oh my god we're gonna like this my new best friend and then once you're not having to go to rehearsals every day go to set every day go to your show every day you don't stick together you don't have anything wrong with like there's no like bad blood you just aren't as close anymore because you don't see each other every day so there's two ways to go about it and i think i don't know this is like a weird example because we get a definite answer but we never get really a definite answer and it's kind of like it's a who do you believe situation
1: and can i quickly say before you move forward with more of the quotes and stuff i feel like this story is as much a reflection on the audience as it is the cast or rather kim cattrall and sarah jessica parker in particular because it really illustrates the attachment that the audience forms to these characters to the point in which we fall in love with the characters we fall in love with their dynamic and then when we find it not to be true even though it's not not true because sam joe and carrie bradshaw are best friends Mm -hmm. the actors aren't the characters but when we find out that the actors and actresses in real life don't have that same relationship Mm-hmm. like you said right it then permeates the way that you even view the show so i feel like in a way this story is as much of a reflection on the audience
0: yeah i would say also one of my least favorite things is realizing that actors are acting like i hate that and like you should just be this character like you're not acting you just like are them and so when you have to think about the behind the scenes you're like god damn it they're acting like i like I think that they don't get along, but they seem like they're getting along on screen. And I'm so frustrated because why can't they just be like that in real life? And then I'm like, oh, because they're literally actors. It's their job to not be themselves. Yeah,
1: And in this case, it's our fault for second screening too hard. But I feel like Sex in the City did a great job of sucking you into the world.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: you did buy into the world fully and... You believed that they weren't acting. You just believed that these characters were absolutely real while you were watching them. But, of course, you fall in love with the show so much that you end up second screening it, and then the lines start to blur. But I think that's a mark of a great show, Rai, or a great film, when it sucks you in so hard that you just forget that it's a movie or a show, and you forget that they're acting. And I think that's what Sex in the City did, and I think that's why people loved all the friendships so hard and then why people were so disappointed when they came to find out that, oh, they're not actually friends in real life. Or at least Kim Cattrall and SJP weren't.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's they do do such a good job on the show, especially you know a show's good when you can ask who are you on the show and it's like very specific character traits that you can like pick out. I just love that. Even though it's so basic, I just love doing that. Um, Okay, so the first public, uh, quote about it that I found it was in 2004 December 2004 she was on some talk show and they were asking about why the show ended and she admitted that money was part of the reason she says I felt after six years it was time for all of us to participate in the financial windfall of sex in the city when they didn't seem keen on that I thought it was time to move on so yep they ended at, seven, or at six seasons Um, And the movie didn't come out for, like, years later. So that was kind of Kim Cattrall mentioning money had something to do with it. Um, Some background on that. Sarah Jessica Parker was kind of the headline. I mean, obviously Carrie Bradshaw's the person. And the other three are definitely, like, just as important. But it's Carrie Bradshaw's show. She's the narrator. She's the narrator. She's on the poster. Her name... She was the only one when they were originally advertising it. Her name was on the poster... Um, season two, she starts to, uh, have an executive producer role. So she's now involved in decisions, financial decisions, producing decisions. And if you think about it at the time when it started in 1988, she was the biggest star. Kim Cattrall had, had a very successful theater career. She was known more in the theater community than the film and television, which are, you know, not to say which one's more mainstream, but I mean, film and television is more mainstream. So you could be a huge star on theater and you're not a household name. But if you're a huge star in TV and film, you're much more well-known universally. So I think there was rumors too of like Kim fighting, like wanting to be more of the star, but it was kind of just like a no brainer. Like Sarah Jessica Parker was the name of the show. She was the show. I also read that she originally turned it down. She didn't want to do the show because it was such a risk. This was one of the first shows to really show women in, like, a sexual, like, fierce boss bitch, like, whatever. And she was like, I'm taking a huge risk in my career by doing this show. Obviously, it paid off. But she even said after the first season, she she was like, I wish I didn't do the show. Like, this could be the last thing I ever work on and then she became executive producer and they really listened to her and switched the show up a little bit and then obviously it turned into what it is and i think kim want kim control wanted to like be more of the name i also read a little thing that samantha jones obviously is an iconic character she became a fan favorite very quickly. So her character went from kind of like the best friend side character to everyone's obsessed with Samantha, Samantha Jones, which I, you know, can't argue. She's a standout on the show. She's my favorite character on the show.
1: Sam Joe put the sex in Sex and the City.
0: Exactly. And so there was rumors, of course, that Sarah Jessica Parker didn't like that people liked Samantha Jones more than Carrie Bradshaw. So she wanted to make sure that her, She was still cementing herself as, like, the lead of the show. That's all just rumblings, but I could see that happening, especially if there was already a little bit of um, tension. Uh, they were
1: all essential, and they all played pivotal roles. I would say Carrie Bradshaw was the heartbeat, like you said, Rai, the narrator. Mm-hmm. Everything sort of flowed through her, right? But Sam jo was the soul. Exactly. Sam Jo yeah. was the soul of that show.
0: And if you've watched it, it's like, I mean, I, I I was live tweeting this a little bit while I watched it. I,
1: I loved those tweets, right? I really did. I looked forward to them every day.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I miss when I live tweeted shows. I'm watching Survivor now and I was started to live tweet it, but I'm like, I can't. I have too many thoughts. Um, But I just, I watched Kim Cattrall as Samantha Jones and I'm like, this is like, mm. this is God tier comedy acting. Like, she is so incredible in that role. It's, it's like, I was just constantly in awe of her. And the whole cast is amazing. But her, like, her...
1: Her expressiveness is what really gets me. Mm-hmm. Because and she could like... be so comedically brilliant with just, like, her looks. her the, mm. the eyes, a little bit of a wink here. A turn of the head. Her physicality was brilliant. But let's, let's not understate the emotional depth that Sam Joe's character brought.
0: Well, that's what I'm going to, that's what I was getting towards is like, I I remember watching that first, I think even like the first three seasons and being like, okay, they, they they're not giving Samantha Jones any emotional depth. It's just, she's the, she's strictly comedic, uh, comedic relief, which is fine. She fucking kills it. And you are obsessed with her. And then it switches, I would say around season three or four, maybe where you start seeing her, vulnerability her
1: I feel like the uh, real estate tycoon storyline was uh, what really was the launch pad
0: uh-huh that's exactly what it switches and it's like so clear in my mind and even that it's like how can she be so mm-hmm. hilarious <laughs> and still give us the heart and the emotion and like I don't want to give spoilers but then she has like a really sad storyline later on and I oh, yeah. just think she. It was like it's one of my favorite TV performances, honestly, of all time. Is Kim Cattrall as uh, Samantha Jones?
1: She ends up delivering probably the most multi-dimensional performance by the end. And you're right; she starts off as this sort of one-dimensional comedic relief. But yeah, by the end of it, when she well, we shouldn't spoil it for people who haven't yeah. watched it. But when she goes through what she goes through in the last couple seasons, Kim Cattrall delivers. From an mm-hmm. acting standpoint. I think the character is just superbly written. Mm-hmm. I I love Sam Joe, man. Sam Joe's great and uh, you're getting me too psyched <laughs> to wanna no, watch
0: I, Sex I'm in the so City right I'm now. Obsessed. It makes me sad that she's not gonna be part of the reboot, but I, I know. respect her decision and I hope that people will, will respect her decision once once we get to the end of this podcast. Um so jumping forward a little bit to, and by a little bit, I mean literally four years, um, to 2008. So uh, there was a report in Telegraph, um, that most of the feud was about money. Um, like I said, uh, SJP was given executive producer title in the second season. It bumped her salary up to $300,000. Um, and I guess when Kim Cattrall heard that, she tried to negotiate for a higher salary. And... I don't think she ever got it. And it was reported that the crew members noticed a sh- an immediate shift season two in the, in the cast. And apparently the other three girls were not happy that Kim Cattrall was asking for more money and, quote, wouldn't even sit with her at mealtimes. Mm-hmm. So this comes out once again, this is coming out all after the show's over. But it was around season two where they really noticed a shift, according to crew members. Um, there was another report or in this same report, it noted that during the 2004 Emmy Awards, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, who plays Miranda, and Kristen Davis, who plays um, Charlotte, were all at one table, and Kim Cattrall was at a different table without the rest of the cast. Uh, When asked about that, Kim Cattrall said, are we best of friends? No. We're professional actresses. We have our own separate lives. Um, In the same report... They asked Sarah Jessica Parker about being friends, and she said, "Honestly, we are all friends, and I wish I saw more of Kim." She mentioned money, and no one should vilify her for it. People, uh, people made her made that decision something we had to vilify vilify her for. So, another confirmation that yes, money was involved in maybe possible tensions. But once again, Sarah Jessica Parker not saying anything negative about Kim Cattrall. Um, but we do get little you know, tidbits that this was part of maybe what was going on behind the scenes.
1: Had Kim Cattrall confirmed that it was about money at that point?
0: Yes, in 2004, she said that um, she believed that everyone should have been been making the quote I said earlier, of, we should have all been able to partic- participate in the financial windfall of Sex in the City. Okay. Which is fair i mean oh
1: absolutely i mean those executives are getting far more than uh than they deserve
0: (laughs) i mean obviously if you are an actress on the show and an executive producer your salary is going to be higher than someone who is just an actress but you know this show was so crazy like popular that you would expect all of the four main girls to at least be getting similar pay rates by the end um I think on Friends, they all got paid the same, from what I remember. Yeah, uh,
1: at the very least in the last season, because I remember yeah. it was like a huge story that they were, I think I think they were all getting paid a million dollars per episode.
0: Per episode, yeah, I remember that. Which first. is batshit. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I so- only
1: asked for the clarification, because if SJP revealed that before Kim Cattrall did then I could see why Kim would be upset.
0: No, Kim... Okay. Kim, honest about it before anyone else. Okay. Which we respect. Um, so fast forward a few months to June 2008, and by a few months, I mean a singular month. <laughs> I'm learning how the calendar works. <laughs> oh, God. It's never been my thing. Um. So she did an interview Kim Cattrall in Marie Claire magazine, and... Because there was rumors, there was, uh, rumors that there was going to be a first movie, and then it got pushed. And so the rumors were that Kim Cattrall was being difficult and not agreeing to do the movie. It got pushed um, back uh, like a year and a half, two years from when they really wanted to, do, to make it. So she was asked about this holdout, and her response was, quote, Four years ago, I was going through a painful public divorce. The series was coming to an end. And my father was diagnosed with dementia. I felt it was time to be with my real family. A year and a half ago, when I was sent the script, I was ready and strong enough to revisit Samantha. In some ways, I'm glad we waited. The script and the experience of making the movie was the po- the best possible reunion. Um, and I respect that. I mean, that's the thing. It's so easy, especially if there's already rumors about fighting. It's so easy to be like, she's not doing the movie because she's being a diva. And then she's like, no, I had a shit ton of stuff going on in my personal life. I wasn't going to be able to do this movie at the time and make it good and what it should be. And the two years between when they were going to try to make it, so many changes could have happened to the script. And she kind of hints that like, by waiting, they were able to perfect it to make it what it was, which, as I've said before, is a really good movie. So people jump to conclusions. And I hate that.
1: You rarely ever know what people are going through, huh? I mean, she was going through a lot. Divorce. Her father gets diagnosed with dementia. And then everyone's ragging on her online.
0: Yeah. And, like, so this interview was in 2008. And the show ended in 2004. So she's like, the show just ended. Like, we can, you know, before you make a movie, you got to give it a couple. You got to get some breathing room before you jump right into a movie. So...
1: Let us miss it for a second. You know what I mean?
0: Right. If you're going to go straight into a movie, then just make another season at that point, you know?
1: Right. Like build up the anticipation. And I think they did. And I think it was very successful. Did it make a lot of money?
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So they did it right. Or, I mean, I'm assuming because I didn't look that up, but, (laughs) uh, you
1: didn't look up the box office gross, right?
0: No, because it's not about the movie, Armin. Okay. It's about the drama. (laughs) I'm not like you. I don't look up like the fucking social security numbers of the people I'm talking about, okay? I get I get the job done. I tell you what happened and that's that. I don't need to give you box office details from 2008. Thank you.
1: I need the global gross, please. I do
0: remember. I do remember after I watched the movie for the first time. I I love to like look up movies after I watch them and like see how they, you know, see all the details. Um and I remember looking it up and it was like a huge box office hit. So I I'm can say it was surprised. great. Great confidence that, yes, it made us a ton of money. I don't know how much it was, though.
1: Also, absolutely, the script was 100 times better a few years later mm-hmm. than whatever it was in 2004.
0: Yeah, and that's how scripts work. You know, you let it sit, look back at it with fresh eyes, and you realize, wow, the first draft sucked. Cool. Not like they're sending out first drafts to the actors, but you know what I mean. Um, well,
1: Sex in the City 2 was a first draft, from my understanding.
0: Oh It was, like, not even a draft. They, like, woke up the day of filming, and they're like, this is the movie. Um, they
1: picked sets. Or not even sets. They picked on location fun settings to film in.
0: Yeah, and they were like, yep, Abu Dhabi.
1: That'd be what? fun. I Let's wing know. it.
0: I don't even know if that's where they are. I could be the racist one. Um. So then there was rumors during the filming of the second movie Ugh. that Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker were not on speaking terms, which would kind of make sense because a lot of the second movie, uh, Kim Cattrall's character, Samantha Jones, famously, is in... um, I could be wrong. No, see, that's the first movie. The first movie, she's in LA. She moves to LA. Mm. Um, But then she comes back. Spoiler alert. I'm mixing up the movies. I think that's the first movie. But I remember being like, that's so weird that they moved Samantha Jones to L.A. for like half the movie and then she comes back.
1: Do you think it's because of the rift?
0: Could be. I think it could have been either the rift or maybe scheduling problems. But she's still in it pretty pretty uh, substantially.
1: Do you know who but Andy I... Greenwald is? No. Former TV critic. Now okay. he's a TV writer, but he has a TV podcast. He does it all. Does it all. I remember one time he talked about writing, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I feel like it's applicable. Andy Greenwald said that as a writer, you sometimes write to the actor dynamics. Mm -hmm. So if you see a couple actors gaining chemistry, even if that's not where you saw the story developing or the characters developing, you didn't see that coming you may write to that as a television writer because you are intrigued by that chemistry and by that dynamic. So you're going to start writing that into the screenplay more. Yeah. Obviously, the opposite must be true too. So if you're seeing a couple actors not getting along, they're feuding, and maybe you can work it so that they don't have to share the screen together so much because, well, the chemistry's off, so you don't want them to share the screen. Then, as a writer, you'll do it. So, I could see that being the case.
0: I could see that being the case. It's just strange, because, like, I remember being like... And I forget which movie it is. I'm pretty sure it's the first one. But I remember just being like, what? Like, that's so random. Um, But who knows why? Who knows why? But anyway, there was rumors they weren't talking um, during the second movie. Um, Elle Magazine asked Sarah Jessica Parker about the rumors, in which she responded, I don't think anybody wants to believe that I love Kim. I adore her. I wouldn't have done the movie without her. I didn't and I wouldn't. So uh, she's stating her firm ground that her and Kim get along and that it's other people who want her to, who want to believe that they don't get along. Um, In January, 2010, the Daily Mail brought up this comment to Kim Cattrall, and she said, I think uh, I think Sarah was right. People don't want to believe that we get on. They have too much invested of the idea- in the idea of two strong, successful women fighting with each other. It makes for juicy gossip and copy. The truth of us being friends and getting along and happily doing our jobs together is nowhere near as newsworthy. I think Sarah is fantastic. She's a born leader, and she guides the crew and the cast in such a strong but gentle way. She and I are sick of this. It's exhausting to talk about and a real bore. So, they're both firmly stating that they get along and that it's the public's perception and the gossip uh, columns that are creating this feud. Those are strong Um, comments. Strong comments. And I think it's kind of the first, at least from what I gathered, the first, like, public, very firm, we get along, stop coming up with this, stop talking about it. Um, In 2010, in May of 2010... In another interview with Marie Claire, um, gets brought up again. She says, you're on set, you're working 90 hour weeks, you're never home, you're exhausted. There are times when all of us have been sensitive and sometimes feelings do get hurt. But I don't have any regrets about how I've treated people. Um, Kim Cattrall added to this, 19 hour work days are stressful, whether you're driving a truck, working in a coal mine or on a set and trying to be your brightest at four o'clock in the morning. But there's a camaraderie that happened through all of this. The chemistry among the four of us is very strong. This is not a four-way interview. So the four people, uh, the four girls were doing an interview together. Cynthia Nixon chimed in. She said it hasn't always been smooth sailing, but the idea that we're somehow adversarial is ludicrous. Um... Kim Cattrall continued to say, the press has to put women in these boxes rather than showing them as the movie portrays them working together and being powerful. Things have to be explosive for no other reason than for people's imaginations. Um, They brought up a rumor that uh, Kristen Davis and Kim Cattrall would go back to the hotels and instantly separate from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, There was like a sighting of Kim, Kim Cattrall eating by herself in the hotel restaurant. So they brought that up. They turned it into a whole nobody wanted to eat with Kim Cattrall thing. Um, And Kristen Davis responded saying, when I get, when I would get back from set, I would go to the gym and get room service. I'm not a put on decent clothes and go to the hotel restaurant person, but Kim is. And then the story was that we just don't like each other. It's ridiculous. So this was kind of the first time all four of them sat down together and addressed the rumors And it just, it's a pretty clear statement. They're like, it's not sunshine and rainbows every day. It never is going to be, no matter who you're working with, no matter what you're doing, whatever job it is, there's going to be stress. There's going to be, you know, some hurt feelings. There's going to be tension. That's just the name of the game, but it doesn't mean we hate each other. Fair. I think it's fair.
1: I think that version of the tale is the closest to the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. But I feel like there must be something just a little bit more to the SJP, Kim Cattrall feud Mm -hmm. because of everything that's happened since 2010. Because I feel like things wouldn't have developed as they have if it weren't for some stronger friction. As Kim says, it's not explosive. That's why I think the way they're all describing it here is the closest you know, Mm -hmm. to the truth version of events we'll ever get, right? Like Kristen Davis says, like, we just have, you know, different ways of going about our nights. Like, I like to go to the gym, and she likes to hit up the hotel bar. Or as Cynthia Nixon said, listen, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. Fair enough. But, and maybe you'll get to this, Rye, there must be a little something more. Is it envy and jealousy from Kim's side? for sjp because she had that executive producer role i don't know or is it even envy and jealousy from sjp because kim cattrall is the fan favorite i don't know i mean we'll get to it maybe
0: oh we'll get to it baby (laughs) um yeah there's one more comment that. The SJP makes um, in 2016, she says, it's always so heartbreaking to me that there was this narrative about Kim Cattrall and myself because it just didn't reflect anything that happened on that set. They didn't do that to the Sopranos guys, <laughs> which is true. Um, you never hear about feuding between men on sets. That's all I'll say. Um, and then this is when it gets juicy. The last the last big uh, development before the interview that I want to that will kind of give us closure. In 2017, September 2017, the Daily Mail, which, lol, but um, reported that the third Sex and the City movie was canceled due to demands from Kim Cattrall. According to the Daily Mail, they are quoted as saying, Warner Bros. has given the much-anticipated project the green light after months of speculation, and the movie was supposed to start filming in the coming days. However, the studio can no longer move ahead as Cattrall demanded... They produce other movies she had in development or she wouldn't sign up for this project. Warner Brothers refused to meet her demands and had to cancel production as the company decided it wouldn't be fair to fans to produce a movie with only three of the four main characters. Kim Cattrall tweeted in response to this saying that the only demand she made was that she would not do the movie. And she claimed that she had already said no the year prior and stood her ground, Sarah Jessica Parker confirmed that there would not be a Sex in the City 3. She says, it's over. We're not doing it. I'm disappointed. We have this beautiful, funny, heartbreaking, joyful, very relatable script and story. It's not just disappointing that we don't get to tell the story, but I think more so for the audience that, that has been so vocal about wanting another movie Kristen Davis confirmed it, saying, It is true that we are not going to be making a third film. I wish we could have made the final chapter on our own terms to complete the stories of our characters. It is deeply frustrating to not be able to share their chapter with all of you. This is my favorite response. Um, Willie Garson, who played Stanford Blatch, Mm. famously the gay best friend of, I think, Charlotte, (laughs) of all of them, who has awful fashion. Um, no, I
1: thought that was Mario Cantone. That was Char's best friend. and
0: Charlotte, yeah, yeah, Um Stanford, Stanford
1: was Stanford's Carrie's best friend, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stanford, he's iconic, um, but he just, I hate the way they dressed him on that show. It was terrible.
1: <laughs> the bow tie, right, I think,
0: or something? Always bring a tie. And just, I mean, I know it was the 90s, but like just very stereotypical gay best friend. And it kind of comes out a little bit later on where he's like, Hi, like you can. I'm a, I'm a real person, but I'm like, it's very, very, very briefly talked about. Like, give him anyway, a little
1: more depth than just being Carrie's sounding board.
0: Yeah. And Carrie treats him like shit, but whatever. Um, he retweeted an article about Catral's demands and he quote tweeted it and added, and that is that. And sadly, the reasons are true, period. In a follow-up tweet, he said, "I'm disappointed for all the crew holding on for negotiations to conclude, for their jobs, and of course for the fans." We'll leave it at that. So he kind of stirring the, the pot a little bit. Classic gay. Um, he's the only one who really said, "Like yes, the demand, like this reason is true." But we finally get Kim Cattrall's, um kind of, I would say, end-all, tell-all on what happened from her point of view. Like I said, I don't think anyone will ever know exactly what went down. Take it as you will. It's a who do you believe situation. But I think that um, this interview I'm about to talk about, she puts it very kindly and I respect her. I think it's great. I I watched the video or I watched the interview on YouTube and uh, I really liked it. Anyway, so she's with Piers Morgan of all people, but Mm. she's interviewed by Piers Morgan. And, uh, he asks, will there ever be any more sex in the city? Her response, immediate response is, not for me. That was part of turning 60. This was a very clear moment of how many years do I have left and what do I want to do with it? What haven't I done? I feel that the show was the best when it was the series and the bonus was having two movies. She goes on to talk about how she got a call in December of 2016 to do a third movie and she Instantly responded, thank you, but no. Um, She goes on to say, it was an amazing part and I played it to its finish line and then some. The girls are 10 years younger than me and that's their choice. They should have someone else play the part. Maybe an African-American Samantha, a Hispanic Samantha, or I don't know, bring in a new character. So she's straight up being like, I'm done with the part. I've done it. I've played it to its end. There's no need to continue her storyline. If they want to replace me as someone else, all the blessings. Or just bring in a full new character if you want to keep doing it.
1: Why have I never heard those quotes?
0: Oh, you gotta watch this interview. It's actually really interesting. She goes on to kind of semi-address the rumors of the feud. She says, we've never really been friends. We've been colleagues, which is a healthy place to be because you have a clear line between your professional life and relationship and your personal. To get any type of negative press about something I've been saying in no that I'm a demanding person or a diva, this is really where I take to task the people from Sex in the City, specifically Sarah Jessica Parker, is that I think she could have been nicer. I think she really could have been nicer. I don't know what her issue is. I think the thing that still bothers me is this feeling of being made out to be the baddie. I never asked for any money. I never asked for any projects and to to be thought of as some sort of diva is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs)
1: and the truth comes
0: out. out. (laughs) So essentially she's like, you know, I think what I got from watching this interview, and there's a few more quotes, but I got that. She was like, I didn't want to do it. And I shouldn't be held. i never signed a contract that I would do three movies. I never committed to three movies. I did the part to the point that I was supposed to, and I don't want to do it anymore. I've always been civil. I've always tried to, you know, be colleagues and friends, but obviously they let this story run run rampant in the tabloids, and she is basically like, and that's where I kind of blame the people from Sex and the City, that nobody firmly stood up and said, this is not true. From what I gathered, Sarah Jessica Parker never said an ill an ill word about her in the press, so when she says specifically Sarah Jessica Parker i think she could have been nicer there must have been something that went on behind the scenes where she was being mean to her but once again we'll never really know
1: right this could get me in trouble here yeah but hey we have to be bold on this podcast mhm and that's our reputation right that we're bold absolutely do you get the sense that sjp is a little phony
0: yeah yeah, and I have, a, I have a quote after this that kind of sealed the deal for me. Because oh.
1: I have to say, Rai, I can't wait to hear that quote, but I have to say that based on all of these quotes, I think she's phony because she has always had the most vociferous response to all of these allegations, strongly denying them,
0: mm-hmm. going
1: as far to say that she adores Kim, like all that sort of language, right? I wish I saw more of Kim. Right, like, oh, we should be more besties. We're already besties, but it should be even more so. And mind you, we could call out Kim a little bit because there was a moment there in 2010 where she was giving some strong denials Mm to, Mm -hmm. contradicting her later statements. But for the most part, I feel like Kim had a fairly steady narrative, which was like, we're not that cool. Right, we're not terrible, but we're not that cool. confirmed by Kristen Davis and Cynthia Nixon, mm-hmm. who both had the same take. like we're all professionals, we don't absolutely love each other. We're not best friends. Some of us mm-hmm. are more friendly with each other than others. um however, at the end of the day, even though it could be rocky, we got the job done, right right, but Sarah Jessica Parker was pretty steadfast that it was. Wonderful roses, sunshine, in Manhattan year round, which we know is not the case. So I just feel like SJP is a little phony here, and that's why I said earlier I I actually didn't see that quote, or I don't remember that quote that Kim Cattrall gave recently saying all oh, that shit about SJP. Although I feel like that those quotes about SJP instigated our role in all of this? <laughs> the mm-hmm. Holly Shook involvement? What what was the date on those quotes?
0: Oh, um... October 2017.
1: October 2017, okay. No, then it wasn't. There must have been another quote later on. Because we didn't yeah, launch I mean, until 2018.
0: That's not our involvement, because I'm, like, confused on if we're thinking about the same thing. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I feel like SJP just comes across as phony here. They weren't cool, because Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis confirmed that at the least they weren't best friends they got the job done there were according to Cynthia Nixon times where where things weren't steady right um, I forget what, exactly what she said but that you know there would be rocky times so I just feel like Sarah Jessica Parker hasn't been truthful at all throughout this whole thing
0: yeah and I, I, I was going to say the same thing because it seemed almost like Kim Control tried to go along with it too when she noticed that sarah jessica parker kept being like i wish i saw more of kim i adore kim like we're great like you're pitting women against each other i think kim was like all right i can i can i can agree with that narrative a little bit i'll say a few things here and there when in reality if they just came out and said it from the beginning like yeah we get along we do our scenes we and, you know we work well together obviously our chemistry on the screen Works because we're doing an amazing job. But we're colleagues. We're not best friends. We're not sisters. We get along perfectly. We're not fighting all the time, but we're not going home and having a sleepover like we do on the show. And I think if they just were to come out and say that from the beginning, people obviously would still extrapolate and try to, you know, make it something more than it is. But at least it would be a little bit more honest and a little bit closer to the truth so that. Kim wasn't just being painted as this diva. And I think that's what she wanted. She just wanted someone to be like, it's not true. She's not a diva. We're just not best friends. And that's fine.
1: We should note though, that this isn't unusual for celebrities. They love to do PR damage control because they feel like the fallout from being a little bit truthful would be more damaging (laughs) than being deceitful and then the truth coming out later. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. funny because I feel like if from the start they said, "You know what? Yeah, we butted heads for years. We're we're not that cool with each other, but guess what? We still put on a great show and you guys never noticed until after the series ended."
0: Right. And like but us not being best friends isn't why I want isn't why I didn't do the third movie. It's because I was right. done with the role and as an actress, I'm allowed to choose which roles I take and which I don't. And it would have been nothing. But Obviously, I'm glad that it was something because we wouldn't have had this drama without it. Um, This is when I I talked earlier about the age thing. Uh, Piers Morgan asks, Are you friends with any of them still? And she said, They all have children. I'm 10 years older. And since the series ended, I've been spending most of my time outside of New York. So I don't see them. The common ground we all had was the series, and the series is over. He says, When's the last time you've spoken to any of the three? She said, Must have been at some event. I don't remember. He said years ago, and she says, it's gotta be. And that's the thing that's really disappointing is that no one ever picks up the phone and tries to contact you and say, how are you doing? That would have been the way to handle it. And, what ha- and that's what happens in a healthy relationship is someone says, are you available? And if I'm available to the job, I'll say yes. And if I'm not, I'll say, I'm over here. I'm at another place. And they should say, that's great. Good luck to you. I wish you the best. But that's not what happened here. And it feels like a toxic relationship. Piers Morgan then said, but they're they're all blaming you. You're ruining everyone's fun. You killed Samantha. And she said, I haven't killed Samantha. I released Samantha. (laughs) Me playing her, I can assure you, will never happen again. It's over. And it's over with no regrets. I just wish... And then she pauses. I just wish that Sarah had been nicer. (laughs) (laughs) And then Piers Morgan says... Uh, Will you ever talk to her again? And she says, I think there is genuine affection and there has been over the years, but this is extenuating circumstances. And in the past, I've thought, wow, especially with the fans, I don't want to in any shape or form ruin an ideal of it because it does stand for empowerment and for women sticking up for each other, but not always. And then he said, as a close off, he said, what would your message to Sarah Jessica Parker be if she sees this? And she says, well, I think it's pretty clear. I wish everybody well. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's such a good interview because she's honest about it. and
1: Finally. Like, finally not giving a shit about PR damage control. Not giving a shit about, you know, the fallout of being truthful. And guess what's happened since? Everything's been relatively fine. You know, like, I think Kim Cattrall is happy with her life, at least based on her Instagram. You know, she's doing fine. It's okay to be honest.
0: And here's a little bit more of, like, why, I, which I love that we pivoted into, like, anti-Sarah Jessica Parker with this. And now we're, like, making her the enemy. Like, I love this tactic and this take that we're having. Um, in January 20, 2018, so just a few months after her interview with Piers Morgan, she goes on the Ellen show. And we don't speak of Ellen, uh, even though all we do is speak of Ellen. And Ellen says, you know, brings up the movie and she says, well, you can still do it without her. And uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's response is, well, you know, there's a period of grief. There's a mourning process. And once that's over, then, you know, we can start to consider, for instance, you playing Samantha and changes it doesn't really answer. So tacky. Um, The next month in February, SJP was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. And he brings up the Piers Morgan interview. He says, how did it feel to hear Kim Cattrall said that you were never friends? And Sarah Jessica Parker gets super dramatic and (laughs) she goes, I'm, I'm heartbroken. The the whole week, I, I, I really, I found it upsetting because that's not the way I recall our experience. So it's sad. But I always think that what ties us together is this singular experience, which was a professional one. But it became personal because it was years of our lives. So I hope that I hope that, that can eclipse anything that's been recently spoken. That many years spent doing something so special. It's it's such a privilege. So wait, Way to
1: say a lot without
0: saying anything. She said nothing, and it's very like Miss America. And I think it's it was probably very staged, like I'm gonna ask you about it. Have like of have course. a really genuine emotional response prepared and they are
1: best friends Andy Cohen and SJP
0: look I like I have nothing against SJP so I would be down to hang out with the two of them they would be a good time
1: oh they would be I'm sure but Andy Cohen is facilitating her Mm -hmm. dirty work
0: hey he's good at what he does he wanted to get people to watch and people watched what happened live Live. (laughs) um Yeah, but it's like, it's very, it was a very put on um, response. And also, you know, you bringing up the point of like, maybe SJP's a little phony in this whole situation became, it's becoming more clear the more I look back on her responses compared to Kim Cattrall's very honest, very raw um, interview with Piers Morgan that, once again, I suggest you watch. Um,
1: I feel like Kim Cattrall wanted to be honest in the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. but the movie was on the line. Her fame was at a peak, and I think she didn't want to be tabloid fodder. So she pivoted to towing the company line, a.k.a. SJP's line, because Sarah Jessica Parker was the company. She is the executive producer. She is, like you said, the face of the show. Mm -hmm. So she ran with Sarah Jessica Parker's narrative. But once she was totally done with the show, like actually totally done with the show, not 2004 done with the show, Mm -hmm. where you still have two movies left to do done with the show, that's when we finally got Kim Cattrall unfiltered. And I love to hear it because I think there's another story here, which we've hinted at throughout the whole podcast, which is you can do great art together without loving each other. You could do great work together. It doesn't have to be art. You could do anything great with another person. You could collaborate without needing to be best friends. It's absolutely true, which is why I think it's a little bit frustrating for Kim Cattrall to watch Sarah Jessica Parker constantly do damage control, which I think Sarah Jessica Parker views as damage control and views as smoothing over the situation, but it actually just puts more pressure on Kim Cattrall because Sarah Jessica Parker comes out and says, I adore her. I just wish we could have more best friend time, BFF time together. That actually is more of a hindrance on Kim Cattrall. I think SJP doesn't necessarily have bad intentions. I don't think she's a bad person, for real.
0: But it instantly paints SJP in this like guardian angel Mm -hmm. kind of faint persona, and it leaves all of Kim Cattrall's responses to be dissected and to be like, well, if she says even a single thing that hints at negativity, then she's the problem.
1: And now she's obstructing it because Sarah Jessica Parker says the set was perfect. It was great. We were all best friends. So if Kim Cattrall doesn't want to do a third movie, then it's all on her. So now all the blame gets laid on Kim Cattrall from rabid fans because people... Of this show they want more content from it right so I think SJP I think her heart's in the good place for real I really do I think her heart's in a good place but the execution is fucking terrible and I think it has actually put a lot of undue stress on Kim Cattrall because if she just came out and said the the truth which is basically what Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis said in 2010 like mm-hmm. we're not that cool like look it's been tough it hasn't been smooth sailing for a long time then I think fans would go, you know what? We got six seasons and two movies out of this. All right, let them be.
0: Yeah, let them be. And, like, if anything is as fucking bad as the second movie, then I don't want more, you know, quite honestly. Right. Um, the last little drama to this, which I found to be very telling, in February of 2018, so right after her Ellen interview and her uh, <laughs> Watch What Happened Lives interview, Kim Cattrall, um brother who's 55 was found dead in canada which is obviously heartbreaking she posted something about it on instagram and sarah jessica parker responded or commented on the picture on instagram saying dearest kim my love and condolences to you and yours and godspeed to your beloved brother xx um when asked about her decision to comment Parker said, if somebody is in your life, whether you're in touch with them or not, is suffering for any reason, it's involuntary that you want to convey condolences or sadness or just let someone know you're thinking about them. A, a source said that um, SJP did actually call and text Kim Control privately when she first heard the news. So it wasn't just a public display of affection. We don't know if that's ever going to be true. But what actually matters is <laughs> Kim Control's response to this comment. She... Uh, posted an Instagram, slamming Parker for exploiting her brother's death. She wrote, my mom asked me today, when will that Sarah Jessica Parker, and she tagged Sarah Jessica Parker, when will that Sarah Jessica Parker, that hypocrite leave you alone? Your continuous reaching out is another painful reminder of how cruel you really were now and then. Let me make this very clear if I haven't already. You are not my family. You are not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting our tragedy in order to restore your nice girl persona. Love it.
1: Yeah, SJP is a little phony. Again, I don't think she's a bad person. She's not explicitly malicious, but right. she hurts people with her phoniness, I think.
0: And it is very like, okay, if you if she really did call or text Kim Control privately then the, t- the commenting on the Instagram post is strictly a PR move to like say, oh, I, I've been nice to Kim. I've, you know, reached out and said something when her brother died.
1: I adore her.
0: So two sides to every story. You never know what the intentions are, but Kim Control made it very clear. Stop reaching out to me. You're not my family. You're not my friend. Stop trying to restore your nice girl persona. Drama. Was this, that's not what we got involved in now.
1: Kind of. Kind of. Because I
0: thought it was. I thought
1: it was. Almost. So I don't know if you noticed, Ry, that I had been looking through my phone for the last 45 minutes.
0: Okay, cool. Thanks for paying attention. Cool, 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 cool.
1: No, I was because I can multitask. And I was looking for the screenshot of mm-hmm. when Holly Shook got involved in the Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker feud. Okay, what happened? And I fucking found it. Okay, what happened? It makes us look terrible. It makes us look terrible, but we might as well just put it, it out there. It does. It does. Okay, so July 15th, 2019. This is this is the follow-up to the follow-up.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> this is, like, literally so sad.
1: Aftermath of the aftermath. We posted to our Instagram a photo of Kim Cattrall and SJP. They're together. They're smiling. They look happy. And our caption was, "Uh uh-oh, it looks like the rumors about the feud between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker are heating up again. Cattrall recently stated, you learn lessons in life, and my lesson is to do work with good people and try and make it fun. Could this be about her hashtag SATC co-star?
0: Okay. So... (laughs) To be fair, we completely took that quote and ran with it. There's no evidence that that's about her, but I love that for us.
1: There was no evidence that was about SJP, but also every other tabloid took that quote right. and ran I mean, with it in the same way.
0: I mean, we only post shit that we like get from other tabloids. So <laughs> yeah, we go through People
1: tabloid. Mag, we go through Page Six, we go through OK Magazine.
0: Look, it's what we do, people. We don't have ethics on this podcast, okay? We're here to talk shit about celebrities, and that's what we're going to do.
1: And I feel really bad because Kim Cattrall then absolutely slams us in the comments. Fairly, by the way, I have to add, Kim, you could tell we're huge fans of you on this podcast. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say like I'm. I remember that she commented, and now I'm nervous to post this episode. But like I'm like we're making it very clear we are Kim Cattrall fans. Kim Cattrall stands even, and oh, I was gonna do a poll at the end, but I think we could say right now which, if there were to be teams, I'm Team Kim Cattrall.
1: Easily team Kim control. I wouldn't look back for a single second, wouldn't rethink it for a single second.
0: Right. So now, please, Kim, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, please don't be mad at us. We love you.
1: We love you. We've taken your side throughout this whole thing. And Sam Jo is our favorite character. Yeah. Here's her comment. Actually, it was about working with quote unquote good actors and having more fun in life. We lost my brother a year ago. That article was about that. When you lose someone you love, it puts life in a different perspective and making different choices. I hope you'll stop with this clickbait crap. This is old news. And then she blocked us.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: We're blocked by Kim Cattrall. We are blocked by Kim Control. Yes.
0: Oh, my God. I love that for us. I've we deserve
1: to that. be slammed. This is actually a case where I am I am happy to be on the wrong side of things.
0: No, I agree. I'm, and like I... Like I uh, mentioned earlier, I remember when this happened and I didn't watch the show at this point. I probably started watching mere months afterwards then. But um, I'm honored that she slammed us. I'm honestly honored that she's that she got mad at us because she's iconic. I mean, I'm obsessed with her. So, <laughs> I mean, I just found out we're blocked by her. I, I literally, I am counting my blessings at this point that she blocked us.
1: And now we're officially intertwined in the SJP Kim control feud
0: hmm We're intertwined, and history books, once again, we'll be writing about Holly Shook's involvement in every popular celebrity scandal that's ever happened.
1: We're at least a footnote, Rye. We're at least a fucking footnote. I'm proud of
0: that. She's probably tagged in a ton of stupid clickbait tabloid posts, and she chose ours, so there must be something special that we've got going here.
1: <laughs> we do have something special going on here, Rye, and I, j- I have to say, this really does make us look terrible. It does. It really does. But... This really goes to show how pro Kim Cattrall we are on this podcast because we're even taking Kim Cattrall's side Mm -hmm. in a situation where she's against us.
0: Exactly. Like uh, if Sarah Jessica Parker were to have slammed us, I would have been like, okay, you know, but Kim Cattrall, go for it. Like, honestly, I hope she unboxes us so that she can continue to drag us even if it's not about her.
1: Every post. I don't care what the post is. Just drag us time and time again.
0: Right, happy birthday, Diane keating Keaton, <laughs> happy birthday to Diane Keaton. I'd be like Samantha Jones. Something has something to say about this. Did I know? tell
1: you that Diane Keaton DM'd us when we did that? I
0: saw that. I saw that. You Diane. saw Keaton that. DM'd us. We're we're really making moves here. Um, <laughs> we are really making moves. Also, Diane Keaton just like on Instagram, looking I at her. I love
1: happy. it. I love. <laughs> you know, I'm a huge Diane Keaton fan, right?
0: I know, I know, and I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Um, uh, that basically sums it up. I did have a couple quotes from their co-stars. So Chris Noth, who played Mr. Big, was asked once in 2018. Chris Noth. Chris Noth. Uh, Chris Noth. (laughs) Is it Chris Noth? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Noth. Whatever. Have I ever pronounced the person's name right? (laughs) Um, He was asked, how would your character respond to the current feud? And in true Mr. Big fashion, he simply rolled up the window of his car so, kind of an answer. That's probably how he would have responded.
1: That's exactly how Mr. Big would have responded.
0: <laughs> um, Jason Lewis, who played Smith Jared, uh, Samantha's boyfriend, mm-hmm. was asked once on whose side he was on, and he said, listen, I have to say that Sarah was always just so lovely and such a consummate professional, and I think that people should remember their graciousness and the things that they have been given to them. And I'm going to stop there, because I've no- I've got nothing else good to say. But then someone asked... Uh, Again, are you Team Sarah or Team Kim? And he continues to answer. He said, if there's a Team Sarah or a Team Kim, my sense... Or no, the person said, if there's a Team Sarah or a Team Kim, my sense is that you're on Team Sarah. And he hesitated before responding. I might just have to say, yeah. What a gracious lady. She was always so good to me. (laughs) So that's pretty telling because Smith Jared is Samantha's boyfriend on the show, so has most most scenes with samantha over carrie so if he's still choosing carrie that's that's a little telling no
1: that's a fucking betrayal right that's not telling at all because we're team sam joe
0: i know i'm saying it's i'm I'm agreeing that it's a betrayal but it could be a little telling i don't believe him smith jared was stupid yeah he was dumb and he didn't age well like he doesn't even look good in the first movie (laughs) so i'm over him uh God for
1: everything that Kim Cattrall did for Smith Jared, everything that she did for him, all to the wayside.
0: Samantha did. She made him a star, and uh, I love that. I do love that uh, that plotline. Though that's a really good plotline. She basically Kim Cattrall's over talking about it. At one point, she is quoted as saying, "I'm done talking about this. Everything's on Google. You want to know my opinions on things? Google it." Uh, There was one
1: time where she was quoted as saying, "I hope you'll stop this clickbait crap. This is old news." End quote. (laughs)
0: <laughs> she was quoted in a famous tabloid as saying that one time in a now de- in a sense deleted post um <laughs> as recent as august 2019 she mm-hmm. talked about how much of a blessing being on sex and the city was um she said i don't understand why they won't just replace me with another actress instead of wasting time and bullying me no means no and then she this is an iconic quote i actually saw this on a meme recently <laughs> in the same interview she says I don't want to be in a situation for even an hour where I'm not enjoying myself, which is a mood um,
1: yeah it's now it's now officially a meme like people just use that quote to mm-hmm. like respond to anything.
0: I'm like that is a great quote great quote um, but so don't yeah, people is- actually
1: pull it out in the headline where it just says I don't want to be in a situation?
0: <laughs> so people
1: will post, I don't want to be in a situation
0: I Don't want to be in a situation I mean, honestly, same, I don't want to be in a situation
1: <laughs> Not one situation Don't put me in any fucking situation Right, Should before we sign out though, shouldn't we get into the recent news?
0: Yeah, so I was just going to say They they announced a, a reboot on HBO Max um, It's called And Just Like That Dot 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 um, it was announced that Kim Cattrall will not be returning for the uh, show, which is tragic. We hate to see Samantha's Samantha go, um, but I also, like we said, where Kim Cattrall stands here, I respect her decision to move on from a part. And Sarah Jessica Parker gave us a little insight via responses to Instagram stories. So someone commented saying, "Happy to see you all back, but we will miss Kim slash Samantha." Sarah Jessica Parker responded, we will too. We loved her so, X. Um, And then someone commented, making making a comment like, oh, she's not coming back because you guys didn't get along. Sarah Jessica Parker responded saying, no, I don't dislike her. I never said that. I never would. Samantha isn't part of this story, but she will always be part of us. No matter where we are or what we do... Another person commented saying that Jennifer Coolidge should take over the role of Samantha, which would be hilarious. But Sarah Jessica Parker responded saying, we have some new stories to tell and we are excited. So it makes it sound like Samantha is just not part of the story anymore. They're not going to replace her with an African-American or Hispanic actress, (laughs) per Kim Cattrall's suggestion, nor Jennifer Coolidge. Um, And you know what? And that's fine. And I think that actually makes sense. Like friendships, you could be best friends with someone and fall out of touch. And it doesn't, I'm interested to see, they will have to explain, obviously, what happens to Samantha, But Of course. A lot of people are wondering, are they going to kill her off? I don't think they're going to kill but her off. But do you
1: need more Sex in the City? The six seasons were great. They were great. I mean, Here's well, a- not all six seasons, but you know, for the most part, it was a great ride. Do they need to come back?
0: We live in the age of reboots. Nobody's coming up with original stories anymore. Everything's a reboot.
1: Because it's profit motive. It's It's pure profit profit motive. This is not an artistic endeavor, right? This is a money-making endeavor. And that's bullshit. There are great stories to tell. We don't need to tell this one in my view. I do not endorse this reboot.
0: I... Oh, you want it. You're hungry for it. I'm holding on with bated breath because I will obviously be watching it as a fan of the original Mm -hmm. um, just to see what happens. I don't think every reboot is bad. I think that there are ways to do it well. I like to believe that they'd only do it if it was worth it and they'd only do it if it's going to be good. I think with something so iconic and so beloved that they wouldn't do it and ruin its legacy but then again they did make sex in the city too so it's hard to say what's going to happen but obviously I will be watching it
1: you're right that a reboot could be done well i'm not i'm not writing off all reboots but in my view sex in the city cannot be rebooted without sam joe
0: i agree i'm 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 really hesitant because there's no Samantha Jones um
1: hey can i make this clear right I wouldn't endorse any reboot that didn't include all four of the characters.
0: Right. Like, you wouldn't do a Friends reboot if there was no Rachel or no Ross or no whatever. But
1: also specific to Sex and the City, if they wanted to do a reboot and there was no Miranda, I would say no.
0: Right. No. Okay. 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 I see what you're saying. So, any of the four actresses. Yeah. Not just Sam.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Because I feel like some people listening to this podcast may say, oh, you're just biased because you love... Kim Cattrall and you love the character Sam Joe no no it's not just that the only way I feel like it could be done right is if you bring back all of the cast
0: I agree. not necessarily
1: Stanford or Mario Canton
0: but no, no, no. the main four the main four, Even four. Some of the, we can do without some of the men honestly we can do it without any men don't have a single man in the show is that's my favorite?
1: you need Steve though
0: okay we do need Steve yeah. <sighs> you need to watch the first and movie.
1: Harry oh, you need Harry
0: you need to. I can't even speak to you about Harry and Steve until you watch the first movie. For the love of God! Um, well, I think we covered it. It's, we did. It's one of those one of those stories. We'll never know the full story. We'll never have a definite answer. But we love to, you know, dissect it regardless. And I love the show. And I hope everyone watches it at some point in their life. <laughs>
1: I really do too. It's a fun show to watch, and it's a really fun show to discuss as
0: well. Same. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm probably gonna go back and watch watch some of the episodes again now that i'm back on back on the horse um
1: like we touched on a dozen storylines in this podcast (laughs) alone and we were trying to avoid spoilers but it's so easy to just delve right back into all that drama you know
0: Mm -hmm. it's It's honestly a great show and if you're hesitant on it i was hesitant because i'm like how can it be that good it's really that good so i uh think everyone should watch it and i appreciate everyone for listening in on our sex in the city drama
1: and I appreciate you for doing this, Rai. This was a great mm-hmm. historic scandal.
0: Thank you. I tried my best. I never disappoint, except for a few episodes. <laughs> but um, thanks for listening. Thanks for your input, Armin. We had a really um, intellectual discussion about feminism as two men. And um, that's what we do best.
1: <laughs> AKA SJP is phony and we're team Kim.
0: Mm-hmm. There we go. We You heard it here first. Um, make sure you follow us at Holly Shook Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or just Instagram.
1: At Holly Shook Pod on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Oh, at, at Holly Shook Pod on Twitter and Instagram. It keeps changing. Once again, I don't <laughs> touch anything about this podcast other than showing up. But, uh, yeah, follow us on there and let us know which team you're on. Bye. See ya.